RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, my friends. Happy Friday morning. It is uh, Duffified Live Day. That's what I like to call it in my little world. And we are going to be, uh, we're on episode number 38. I know every week that I say it, it sounds just like, I don't know, it's just crazy. Uh, that, that we continue to do this over and over again and that you guys like it. And that makes me super happy. So thank every single one of you. I really appreciate it. Um, we're going to start off a really quick thing here and we're going to talk about uh, me and who I am. And uh, so I'm Chef Brian Duffy. You guys know that. If you guys haven't listened to the show, if you don't know, follow me on social media or anything. Please do me a favor and head right over to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Chef Bride Duff, although Facebook is Chef Brian Duffy. Um, get over to Duffified Live. Get all your friends on there. Share these podcasts. Tell me what you think of the podcast in the comments, all that good stuff. You can find everything that you're going to need on a website called RadioInfluence.com. If you have a droid, go to RadioInfluence.com because they're going to point you in the right direction. If you have an iPhone – Go to radioinfluence.com because you're going to point you in the right direction. If you have a flip phone, you probably have a much better life than most of us because we're all completely obsessed with our phones. So um, so, so that's what we have. So go over there. A uh, couple things I want to talk about this week. Uh, one is uh, I started a cleanse. Yes, I know. Uh, it's a full-on organic green plant-based cleanse. So I started uh, – this morning and, uh, I, uh, have a little tiny bit of a headache. So, uh, I, I've done one cleanse in the past. It was a three day, really more of a weekend thing. And it was an Ayurvedic cleanse that I did with my ex-girlfriend and, uh, not, we weren't ex at that point. We were dating, fully dating at that point. Uh, she was my girlfriend and she talked me into doing a cleanse well, I couldn't wait to eat a fucking set of ribs. I couldn't wait to go out to dinner on Monday. Reality, I would have gone out to dinner at breakfast on Monday morning because it started Friday. And we went through this whole little world of uh, we had to boil a whole bunch of funky vegetables and then puree them. And then that was part of your soup. And then you drank a series of uh, of tinctures which is kind of odd because we have a gentleman on today on the show who's going to be talking about uh, some tinctures uh, and some of the stuff that he does using cannabis. But for me, uh, that was kind of a weird thing. I, I didn't get headaches though, and I have a headache right off the bat. I started off with a charcoal uh, activator, uh, which is something um, that kind of boosts everything that, that goes on. It kind of creates the detox uh, throughout my skin and through my body. So um, all while this is happening, I have to record. I just got a half of a cord of wood delivered to my house. So I'm hoping the energy keeps up so that I can stack this wood as well. 
But so far, it's not bad. I took the little detox thing this morning. Um, I had uh, my first 16 ounces of uh, of drink, which isn't that bad. It's called Green. There's like 20 of them. I'm not going to tell you the name of the person who I'm doing it from until I finish. Once I finish, then we'll discuss it. So um, I also had a huge delivery yesterday which sucks of from a company called iGourmet, which I'm trying to talk to because iGourmet, you guys should sponsor this show because I loved my delivery. Uh, so every year I do an awesome event up in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Wine Festival. Um, and it, they give us this great gift bag. And in the gift bag, is like some cool tools, uh, a couple of knives, um, and they always give me a great booze. And uh, last year I got my uh, my Goose VX, which is with a little bit of cognac in it. And so I got that. And then uh, they always give me a gift card to iGourmet. So I'm cleaning out my office the other day. Well, I have three of these gift cards. So I had $750 to play with. So I order all of this food. Uh, I got, oh my God, I, I can't even tell you some of the stuff that I got, but, uh, what I got was I have an Alfonso Priorelli organic Umbrian extra virgin olive oil. I have an Asheri 1960 Quotidano 100%, uh, Italiano extra virgin olive oil. I have uh Chimay butter from Belgium. I got a whole bunch of chocolate stars, which are these little Mexican chocolates that I'm super excited to taste. Um, I got a uh, I got three different types of salt. I got a Helen uh, Mon sea salt smoked over Welsh oak. Um, I got what was the other salt that I got? There's three more in here. I got a bunch of honey spoons. I got a uh, uh, Ilocano uh, Asin sea salt. I got a an uh, Alaskan sea salt. Um, so I got a couple of really cool things that I'm excited to play with. But I also got all these butters. I got this butter from Italy. I got a double cream butter from England, and I got this Chimay butter, which is Chimay. Uh, cows. And so I'm really excited about that, but I can't fucking eat any of it because of the fact that I'm doing a cleanse. So my next little shot that I have to take is called the immunity booster shot, kickstart energy levels, anti-inflammatory properties. It balances your pH levels, uh, drink cold or gargle warm ingredients in here, are ginger, turmeric, garlic, lime, raw, honey, sea salt, filtered water and organic ingredients. Oh no, it says that's an organic ingredient. So there's like eight organic ingredients in here. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to try that one as well. We'll see what happens. I'll let everybody know how it goes. I'm not really doing it to lose weight or anything. All they, they say that you can lose a couple of LBs while you're doing it. Um, I really just kind of once a year, like to, like to kind of clean everything out, um, get myself back up. Oddly enough, despite my girlish little figure, I do tend to eat somewhat clean. Um, so I try to eat natural foods. I try to eat all that good stuff, but we'll see what happens. I have no idea. So, uh, let me talk to you a little bit about our guest this week. So, I have a buddy of mine. I, I, I met him once on on air, actually, when I did a show called Road Rash with a gentleman named Russell Davis. He was a buddy of Russell's. Uh, he was a really cool guy. He's a mixologist. Um, he was a chef at one point. He's a very well-educated man. And he's just kind of a cool dude to talk to. Um, looks like a total hippie. Uh, I don't know if he lives like a hippie or not, but he is. Uh, he's actually local to me. He lives in Jersey. Um and he's uh, just kind of a good dude, but he, he just came out with a great – he came out with a book last year um, that, that I've actually really enjoyed. I, I've looked at a lot of this stuff. Um, there's some neat stuff in here. 
uh, that talks about – well, first off, the name of the book is Cannabis Mocktails. No, let me start over. Cannabis Cocktails, Mocktails, and Tonics, The Art of Spirited Drinks and Buzzworthy Libations, collection of 75 recipes from the wonderful author Warren Bobro, okay, who also wrote a book called Apothecary Cocktails. Um, it's kind of a neat little world. Build your bar with homemade cannabis-infused tonics, syrups, shrubs, bitters, and oils. Bitters, butters, and oils. Learn about the different strains of cannabis and their flavor and aroma profiles, complete with tasting notes, essential instructions, and tips for safely decarbing cannabis and dosing your drink. So I kind of like that. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, uh, I did purchase the book, and, and I love it. I'm very happy, although I need to get him to sign it for me. Anytime I buy a book from somebody I know, I like to have it signed. It's kind of the way I live. So we're going to talk to him in just a couple of minutes. Uh, he's a really nice guy. I, like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, he's funny because when he goes into like Washington or Colorado or some of that stuff, he actually sends me – he sent me pictures in the past and I think I have them because I'd love to have it kind of done as the, uh, as the artwork for this. I'll have to check with him and see. But he sent me a picture with like a two-pound bag of weed that he was holding because he was getting ready to start making all his tinctures and butters and all that stuff. So it's going to be kind of fun. Um, so everybody do me a favor and uh, let's get everybody ready to rock and roll. Uh, you guys know the rules here. Get your children out of the room because I tend to curse. This is an explicit rated show. Um, so I tend to use the word fuck a lot. Um if you have an opportunity, uh, sit back and relax. If you want to sit in your car on your way to work in the morning, I'm cool with that too. Just tell your friends exactly what you did so that we're all on the same page. All right. Everybody do me a favor and welcome to the uh, to Duffified Live, Warren Bobro. All right, everybody do me a favor. Welcome to the show. The author of Cannabis Cocktails, Mocktails, and Tonics, The Art of Spirited Drinks and Buzzworthy Libations, Mr. Warren Bobro. Bobro. Man, I Bobro. keep getting that mixed. It's, I keep, hey, it's okay. It's, it's, Brian, it's mangled throughout my entire life. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> well, I get, I get brain or Brian. <laughs> brain is good. Brain makes, brain, you sound, brain makes you sound even smarter. My, my credit card actually says brain on it. They misspelled it when they wrote it to me. Uh, actually, you know what's funny is I had a credit card, a Capital One card, that my expiration date was 420. <laughs> and it was the greatest credit card. And I actually uh, took a picture of it one day and I kind of, you know, I, 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 I blacked out all the, the numbers and all that stuff. But I wrote Capital One, thanks for such an awesome card. I can't wait to use it. And then I hashtagged like 420, did the whole nine <laughs> yard. And they full blown like, we love that you love our card. Thank you so much for letting us know. Like retweeted it, replied to it. It was pretty classic. I don't get right. the guess that got it, but it was pretty good. So No doubt. So, Warren, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you tell everybody how we can find you once they fall in love with you on the show? Uh, that's nice. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Warren Bobro with a number one because someone stole my Warren Bobro. So it's a long yes. story to make short. I am Warren Bobro one on Twitter. Uh, I am on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. 
Uh, all the, you know, the usual social media stuff. I think the best way of finding me is just putting my name into Google and seeing what happens. It's page upon page upon page. <laughs> so, you know, it's up to you. you. Or you can just pick up the phone and call me, and my, my phone number's out there in the world someplace. So Yeah, yeah there you go. The, the, man, it's it's crazy. So how much time do you, do you spend on social media? Are you doing a uh, lot of it? I'm doing a lot of it. You know, you know that I, I got to pretty much where I am right today through social media, especially through Twitter. I love Twitter um, because it really taught me to be succinct. But I think that the, the crystal clear opportunity that I have is that when I was in college in the 1980s, we only had typewriters. So right. looking forward into the, the now of the situation, it's just magical. I mean, I can speak to anyone in the world in real time as easily as we're speaking right now. I couldn't possibly imagine that, you know, 30 years ago. Oh, I know. It's, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how my, my whole family has a, we have a text thread that we use and it's called Binny's chicken nuggets. My father, uh, at one point he, he, instead of calling somebody a bitch, he called him a chicken nugget (laughs) and, uh, you know, around grandkids and all that stuff. But so we have this huge thread and we talk about it all the time about the, about what a massive role our phones and social media and stuff put into play because of the fact that my grandma, you know, my mother who is 71 is full blown on. She's on Facebook. We share 500 friends. Like mm-hmm. she's fully active and all that stuff. And, and we talk about it, just how easier it's made things. Right. Right. It is. And, and we can, we don't have to think quite so much because a lot of the thinking is done for us. But and I think that's really magical. But I do think that it's it's taking away from just tremendous social skills. I think they're just disappearing. Yeah, the the, the whole idea of please and thank you is missing. But I but, but overall, I'd like to see people use their turn signals more while they're driving. <laughs> let's just, that let's that just is one. Yeah, let's down. just let's just segue it right out. Last night in the pouring rain, I'm driving on the highway, and I'm supposed to be the mind reader. Right. It didn't right. take cannabis to get me to that step. <laughs> Although it couldn't hurt. There, I was actually watching a, I was watching a great di, uh, a documentary, not even a documentary. It was the Lisa Ling series called This Is Life. Have you seen it? I love her show. She's brilliant. Did you see the one she did about ayahuasca? Uh, no, but I heard about it, and that, that's very intriguing for me. The idea of throwing up in a bucket is not intriguing, but the idea no. of the experience beyond that is intriguing, yes. Well, <laughs> and I had a guy – I had a guy. we interviewed a guy a couple months ago uh, whose name was J.B. Frank, and J.B. was a bass player, guitar player for a bunch of hair bands mm-hmm. in the 80s. And really very interesting dude, very, very interesting guy. But one of the things that he, he said, I was addicted – to heroin for seven years. And mm-hmm. he said, the only thing that got me off of heroin was crack. And I did crack uh-huh. for four years. Uh-huh. And then he said, and the only thing that got me off of crack was ayahuasca. Wow. That's interesting. I would think yeah. it would be cannabis because, uh, you know, probably because cannabis is so vilified. So, and this, and ayahuasca is something that people don't really know very much about, but if they knew more about it, they might not want to do it. Well, <laughs> it's really not a great feeling. No, but one and one of the things that they're saying is that it's becoming uh, that they're 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 basically prostituting it, you know, because mm-hmm. now they have these American uh, Sherpas, I think they're calling them, mm-hmm. uh, that are down there, and these a lot of these expats that are down there. There's one guy who, you know, he got nabbed for selling weed in Kansas for a bunch of years, did some jail yep. time, yes. and moved down there, and now he's like, you know, a shaman, shaman, oh, yeah. call them. 
Yeah, I, I am, I'm I'm aware of that. I've been called a shaman in the past, probably because of uh, certain. Oh, let's see how I can put this nicely. Uh, when I was in college in the '80s, we experimented a lot with things that were synthetic. So I would <laughs> really, I would, like, I, I would, yeah, I would like to. Well, I'm pretty much on the record saying that I've seen about 300 Grateful Dead shows, so I can possibly tell you that uh, we, we weren't just drinking coffee at the shows. Really? So what was, I mean, I don't know how far you want to dive into this. What was one of the craziest, what was one of the craziest experiences? And I'm going to follow this up with one of the best. What was one of the craziest experiences that you had had at a dead show on something? Yeah, I I remember exactly. I was out in Las Vegas. It was uh, in a huge lightning and thunderstorm that came up out of nowhere in the, in the desert at uh, the university of Nevada, Las Vegas. And lightning was dropping, literally dropping out of the sky all around us while they went into drums in space. It was just incredible. And I can tell tell you that there was some uh, synthetic stuff in me at that point. Really? And, oh, it was spectacular. The lightning was literally just dropping out of the sky. I'd never never seen anything like it. And maybe it was the psychedelics. I don't know. But, uh, but I will tell you it was amazing. It was just so deep. It was so incredible. So – when you when you when you talk about synthetics, I mean, are these mm-hmm. are these concoctions that you're putting together yourself? Oh, this wasn't myself. These were people who did genetic chemistry okay. at, uh, at okay. MIT. Yeah, they they were doing recombinant DNA, and they were also uh, experimenting with psychedelic drugs. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if these people are living anymore. All I know is it was, it was 30 years, 30 plus years ago. Anything could have happened at that time. So, uh, you know, they, was, they they made acid. They made acid. They sold it. Grateful Dead shows. I took a lot of it. <laughs> really? I've never, you know, I've sm- I smoke weed. We've had this conversation in the past. I've never done, I did mushrooms one time. Well, it's, imagine mushrooms on steroids, but it takes you deeper inside the self. You know, mushrooms, I love mushrooms. I, I shouldn't be saying this, but uh, I think that the last time I took them was down during Miami Rum Fest in, you know, this past February when I was down mm. there. Fest. Yeah, that was great fun. Miami is a great place to take take psychedelic drugs. So is Las Vegas. I was out in Las Vegas at the uh, big WSWA show last year, and somehow some mushrooms made their way into my into my belly, and, right. uh, and I enjoyed myself. Las Vegas is another great, great I, uh, place to take mushrooms. I was at a I was I was a young chef and I uh, my whole staff wait staff kitchen staff everybody had taken off it was like a Saturday night at the end of the night I'm like everybody get out of here you're all going to one of the waiters parties or whatever and I, I walk into the house about an hour or two after everybody had already been in there and I look around and everybody's like on a couch <laughs> chilling there's music somebody's got like a strobe light in one corner I'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and I look around and there's one guy's like dancing there's like a couple making out in the corner and everybody's just kind of like chitter chatter. <laughs> I walk into the kitchen and, and, and Warren, I'm not even shitting you. There was a full blown paper grocery bag filled to the top with mushrooms. Oh, and you knew you only could take like one or two caps. Well, I, I actually didn't, I didn't imbibe any of them, but oh. what I did do was I grabbed a freezer bag out right. of the, uh, the cabinet. <laughs> and I filled said freezer bag. And then I actually went to Penn State with my brother 
where he uh, uh, he paid his rent for the next three. Oh, that's funny. I'm sure uh, he did. I, yeah. And I did have I did try one, and it was kind of funky, man. I remember there was a penguin at some point, and he was kind of walking across the street. That's the only thing that I really remember. But I was in my house. I was totally safe. Uh, that's the only time I've ever done it. The uh, only time. So. You know, I, I didn't do it. And, and I think it's really important to differentiate here. I never really did these things recreationally. I was always interested in deepening the self and going further into my own body and my own psyche and my own, uh, certainly my own intellect. So I was exploring the inner self of who I am as a man and who I am as a person in the universe. And that's why I use them. I didn't use them because I wanted to get really stone man. That, that wasn't right. it. That wasn't it for me. For what, what it was for me was taking them down to Mexico and taking them in the, uh, in the Yucatan Peninsula, Chichen Itza at the top of the, of the pyramid. And, and, you know, that, that was the type of experience that I was looking for. I was looking for a deeper uh, extension of the self, as opposed to just sitting there and saying, "Wow, I'm really wasted." No, right. I, 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 you know, there are a lot of reasons in life why we do certain things, and I think t- taking yourself into a deeper place through psychedelic drugs is not necessarily a bad thing. And you just—it's this, all this anti-drug boo-hoo that that goes on around where I live here in New Jersey. I mean, drugs are bad. Drugs will always be bad. Uh, aspirin is is good. Uh, Oxycontin, oh yeah, that's good. Oh, that's must, a great it come, one. Yeah, it comes from a doctor. It must be good. Sure. Um, and you know, I have a real problem with that. I have a real difficulty with that. And I, you know, I, I didn't write the books as I said for a recreational factor. I mean, the, you know, cannabis cocktails. So I wrote it. Uh, kind of like a a leap into the early apothecary, right? When when drugs were prepared by an apothecarian, and he might have used alcohol to preserve them, and that's where I kind of got into the idea of mixing cannabis and alcohol. It takes it to another step. It takes it to another level, and it's very peaceful and it's very lovely, and it's not overwhelming as as I found it was when I was you know creating the the cocktails and making the the concoctions. But this wasn't like taking LSD, and this wasn't like sure. taking mushrooms. This is just a, what I like to say. It's a non antagonistic method of administering uh, a beneficial you know medium, and that's cannabis. I agree. I, I'm I'm a full blown fan. I mean, it's one of the things that that I I you know. It, it kind of changed my thought process. It really kind of slowed me down a little bit in my, mm-hmm. in my, in my quick to react. I found that being a chef and being in this industry and then being on TV and, and everything else that I was very quick to react. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I had a very quick tongue yeah. and, and I kind of, I, I really, it brought me to a different point. It brought me to a point where I one, I, I you know, I, I, I just kind of slow down. I, I, I meditate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm much more thought provoked. Um, mm-hmm. I find I'll be dead honest, Warren, and I'm not even talking about it. It's not like I'm I'm smoking with my kids or smoking around my kids or when my kids are here. But I find that the that it, it has made me a better parent. Absolutely. Yeah, I never had Brian. I never had kids, and I think that was in a lot of ways that was stolen from me. Long story short, I never right. had kids, so I don't really understand the uh, the process of that. I know as, as a natural teacher and someone who loves to share my experiences with others, uh, the use of cannabis certainly makes me a more patient individual. 
I will, right. I will absolutely say that. And, and you know, I'm pretty famous in the alcohol world being yeah, known fair. as the cocktail whisperer and whatever else I do. But the, but the fact is I feel more comfortable and I'm, if you will, safer with yeah. people within the cannabis family because alcohol is just a mess. It really, it really is. is. It really is a mess. And, it, and it's such a fine line between intoxication and inebriation. And I know yeah. for myself, in my own heart, that I'm not comfortable with myself when I've had a couple drinks, but I'm yeah. very comfortable with myself when I've smoked cannabis. I, I feel, agree. I feel like myself. I don't feel like I'm trying to put on airs. I don't feel like I'm trying to be someone yeah. I'm not. I don't feel like my tongue is going to slip out that something is, I'm not going to say something and I feel badly about it or shouldn't say because alcohol allows you to do those things whether you want to or not. But for me, I find that it really kind of, it opens my mind up to pay attention to people more, to listen to more of what people are saying. You know, we, we say it all the time and we read it and mantras and all the other stuff that we you know, uh, you know, listen to what somebody's saying. Don't don't listen to have a response. Like, actually, pay attention to what somebody else is saying, because it it it, it changed my whole life that way. I've gotten mm-hmm. to learn people in a different light, as opposed to, uh, you know, just being there and just talking and talking and talking. And and somebody had once said to me, they said, when when you talk to somebody. And this was about a year and a half, two years ago. They said, when you talk to somebody, you make that person feel like they're the only person in the room. Well, that's that's what people with a gift of gab are able to do. Yeah. And you do that effectively. I believe I do that effectively. I was just on a radio podcast and they said I had a great face for radio. But if you had ever <laughs> seen my face, I, I know you have. You'd, you'd say that it's probably be better geared towards television than radio, but I'm just really comfortable with radio because I can speak and I don't have to worry about, you know, is yeah. my hair tousled or whatever. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I did. A, I, I was talking about this the other day. I did a show. Uh, I was on the Today Show on Friday. Yeah, I saw it. That was just awesome. You're famous. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> thanks, dude. <I> <laughs> and soft-spoken. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I remember doing an episode on Thanksgiving with a local news anchor in Philadelphia. And my phone, I can feel it vibrating in my pocket. This was five, six, seven years ago. And I can feel my phone vibrating in my pocket the whole time that I'm on camera. Yeah. And I'm like, what the, why is that somebody calling me the whole time? Well, when I finished the, 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 the segment, I look at my phone and there's like 30 texts from people. You have paper towel all over your face. Oh. <laughs> I had wiped my face off with like a shitty napkin prior to going on because I'm a chef and I was fat right, and I sweat, right. you know, yeah, but won't. the news anchor at no point literally wore She was like, like a foot and a half away from me at no point. Did she say, you have something on your face. Can I get that for you? Let me wipe this face the camera the other way. So yeah, right. I, I get, I get the radio part. I, I really enjoy it. I do a lot of podcasts with a lot of people. Yeah, I know you do. You're, you're very prolific. And uh, and I, I just, I'd like to compliment you because, uh, you know, I deal with a lot of people who are celebrities in, in real life, in real world, but you're very soft spoken and you've always been very kind and you've been very kind to me. And I respect that. And I, I look at that and say, gosh, you know, you're a lucky guy. You know, you, you you didn't have a lot of the benefits that I may have had growing up, but you certainly are talented and you certainly love what you do. And it shows through. 
And I love, you know, championing my friend's success because I know at some point their success will be my success, but I'm less geared towards saying, oh, I'm going to be, you know, rich and famous. No, I may, I may not. But I love saying to other people when they're successful that I'm really proud of them, that it makes me feel good inside to know that someone's doing something, what they love, what their passion is. I think that's really, really important. I think it's, it's essential in life. Knowing what your passion is and driving out and, and trying to achieve it. I appreciate that very much. And and I, I really do. I mean, I, I enjoy what I do. I have a lot of fun meeting people and talking to people. And this show has really been a great outlet for me to, mm-hmm. to one, meet people that I've never met. I mean, if it weren't for Russell and us doing Road Rash, we never would have had these conversations. We probably would have met in a circle Along Maybe. the way, yeah, I mean, I'm sure in Las Vegas, sure, you know, yeah. during WSWA or, or you know, that Las Vegas uh, Spirit Show that I that I saw you at, you know, and, and it's and it's really interesting, you know, the what we do is not such a big world; it's a pretty small world, and in especially in the culinary arts, you always come across people who are cooks, and you know, with with my case, I was a dishwasher, so I did, and and I was a dishwasher who didn't speak Spanish, so I I was lost in the kitchen. <laughs> But yeah, go figure. So. Yeah. Well, but, you know, the book is the book is, you know, really, really important, I think. And, and I just kind of want to go back to it for just one second, because I didn't write the book as a recreational vehicle. And I think that's really important to differentiate. And I'm still getting a lot of stuff from people saying like, oh, you know, there are so many things you could write about. You could write about wine, you could write about food. But why did you write about cannabis after you might know what what it might happen to you? And what happened to me was I lost my brand ambassadorship job. The company I was working for was certainly conservative. They were a liquor company and just the mere mention of cannabis, they shiver. And it's right. not, and it's not in a good way. And they were a very traditional, very basic company. You know, they had a lot of very fine products. I love what they did for me, but at the end of the day, what they really did for me is they they pushed me forward outside. You know, get out. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. Get out. And all that I have to say is, you know, I think I did a great job for them. But the cannabis cocktails book did supersede everything that they were doing. And I understand that. And there's nothing wrong with saying that that my work became the focus, not the brands becoming the focus. Sure. And, I, and that, that becomes a difficulty. But when I go, you know, I here in New Jersey, I have a uh, cannabis card that allows me to go to the dispensaries and get a certain amount of, of, of cannabis every month. And I go in and I'm, you know, I become a celebrity in the uh, in the dispensaries because they've seen the book and they're like, oh, wow, that guy. Oh, yeah, we know him. He comes here. Well, or they don't say because of the PIP, but they can really can't say who their patients are. Right. But they, but they can they can say, you know, oh, yeah, we know who he is because uh, you know, nice guy. Whatever. Yes, exactly. You, they should be selling your book. They should, and I, and I keep asking because they often, some, you know, there's like five dispensaries here in New Jersey, or four or five, whatever, and they uh, they sell books, but I just can't get it to the next step. I have to get our uh, pe- my publishing people on it. <laughs> I always say that. Because that's something that I, you know, like I've been in dispensaries. I, I was just recently in Washington, which is a totally different experience than Colorado. Yep. A, a completely different. Colorado is a very business-like. I, I, I felt like I was standing in line at the pharmacy. Okay. Okay. When I was in Colorado, <clears throat> but when I was in, when I walked into the, this great little dispensary in, uh, in, in Spokane, Washington, and I walk in, and the guy's like, "What's going on, dude?" Yeah. Like. Yeah. 
wanted to chat and wanted yeah, to Yeah, you want to chill and, out and light up, you know, if you, yeah. if you could. They don't allow it there yet, no. but, the, but you want to. And yeah. I was out for a hemp fest in uh, Seattle a couple of years ago, and I had a, oh, such I a great time there. there. Right. I had such a great time there. I was in a state of shock when I went into the first legal, you know, pot store, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as if I hadn't been around it. I've been around it since I was 12 years old, now 56. But still, it was a whole different experience. It was something I'd never really had. I mean, I've been to Amsterdam. I've been to, you know, all the Scandinavian countries that, that have it uh, legal. But it just wasn't the same thing. It just yeah. wasn't the same thing at all. It was, you know, it was me experiencing this at 54 or 55 years old as opposed to experiencing it at uh, 17. It was a yeah. totally different experience because my mind had been opened up by it because of the, the fact that they'd taken away the stigma. So you have children, you know, young kids. I wouldn't say children, children, but I would say young kids, maybe, you know, early teens smoking crap, you know, grass out in uh, out in Seattle, not worrying about being caught by the police because the police have other things to worry about. It's certainly not someone smoking smoking the, 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 the evil weed. Right. And it's uh, it was really refreshing. It was really remarkable. And someone said to me, they've taken the stigma out of it. It's no longer the uh, drugs are bad in in these places. And, you know, the police are, are charged with going after real crime, not not made up crime. And that's what we have right. here in New Jersey. It's made up crime. You know, you get, I'm very, even though I have that get out of jail free card, I don't want to get caught smoking cannabis in the street in Morristown, New Jersey. I absolutely right. do not. I do not want to have to show my card. I don't want the police to know who I am. They already do because I've been in all the local newspapers. But you know what? I have never been arrested. I don't intend to be. And I, I, I fly through the uh, the straight and narrow. I really yeah. do. And, I, you know, I'm not interested in being that guy that sits on the green in Morristown and smokes a joint because he can. And, and there's right. someone out there who... Uh, who I know very well, who would do something like that, and I find him to be extremely antagonistic. You know, he'll go to the state house in Trenton to do that. I say, come on, man, just, yeah. just, just chill out. You don't need yeah, to just, show everyone. You don't need to tell everyone that you can smoke grass in public. That's okay. Right. You, there, maybe the laws will change. Maybe they won't. But it's not for me to say that I want to antagonize someone. That's just maybe the way I grew up. I, I just don't want the attention. I don't yeah. want the attention and I don't want it in a positive way and I don't want it in a negative way because I, unfortunately the police, at least around here are meant to be feared. And they, they tell you that, you know, you, you know, a policeman, it's not your friend, especially right. if you smoke cannabis, they're not your friend. Yeah. There's gotta be a weird world for that for, I mean, cause you know, I mean like, like, like the cops that I know are, I mean, they're very against it. I mean, they mm-hmm. are still 100% against it. They still consider it a very dangerous drug. Yeah, of um, you know, I mean, because it's it's one of the things that they've arrested for for years. Well, of course, so, they get huge amounts of money for it, and that's the problem. Yeah. Because you know, because of the the seizure laws, the way that they are, you know, you you own anything. The state owns it now. Yes. I mean, that's that's just unbelievable. I can't. I don't get that. But well. <laughs> Uh, and the I guess, older I get, the less I understand, I guess. And I, th- I think, you know, I was having this conversation the other day about about the way that that a lot of the laws and everything are working, that they're literally throwing the book at people. Um, you know, if you're in Idaho, so so Montana or spoke Washington is 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 recreational. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh where am I going? Washington is recreational. Spokane or uh, Missoula, Montana or Montana 
is not, but they're very lenient. But mm-hmm. Idaho, which kind of runs in the middle of both of them, is very, very strict. And they will – I was having a conversation with the guy and he's like, no matter what you do, just don't bring any weed. Don't bring anything through Idaho, even if you're riding or driving through. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. They pull people over for speeding as and the – search. Yeah, and search. Yes. Because it's right – you know, I just, I just don't get it. I really and, don't. And then what they're doing is then they're 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 attaching, you know, every possible they're trying to make every single thing stick. So they're getting you on possession mm-hmm. and then they're getting you on, you know, uh, uh, I mean, to have the, the bowl or have the papers to smoke. Right, right, it. Right. They're getting oh, you yeah, again. So you've yeah. got, you know, paraphernalia. It, yeah, well, it's that's, just that's, that's, that's New Jersey. That's New Jersey. You know, when I was reading the law in New Jersey about the medical cannabis and what they're allowed to arrest you for and what they're not, um, they said it was there was some line in it that said the the smell of cannabis will undoubtedly attract the attention of law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Don't smoke it. But now, so now, what 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 exactly is the law in New Jersey? Uh, pertaining to those of us who have medical cannabis cards. Yeah. I mean, or, what can uh, you, they, they can't arrest me. So they cannot arrest you, but are no. you able to smoke or is it just a tincture? I am, a, just I am, a I am no, I'm, I'm able to smoke. I mean, it's not like New York where they don't have flowers. They only have oils and edibles. Uh, right. New, New Jersey is no oils, no edibles, but they do have flowers. No. So, no oils yeah. and no, no edibles? Yeah, no, you can't buy 510 cartridges filled with cannabis oil here in New Jersey. That's illegal. Um, you can you can get, I think you can get some concentrate oils uh, down in Belmar, which is down near Philly. Um, right. Compassionate Care down there. They do, uh, they do some type of concentrates. Not that familiar with it because for what I use it for, it's just not a, a good fit. Right. But um, let me see. You know, it's a... Uh, they use they do lozenges at the Belmar place, but in New Jersey is basically flowers. You know, you can only wow. buy flowers. You can't buy a, a, a brownie in a dispensary. They just don't That's sell. That's so wild. Yeah, they don't sell. They don't sell infused potato chips or uh, Rice Krispie treats or anything. Right, right. You no, know, it, it's it's all just just flowers. So today I'll be going over to today being uh, somewhere in midweek. I'll be going over down to the Philly area to New Jersey, and uh, you know I'll ask them about their oils and and what they're allowed to sell. This, our state is is very very behind, and a lot of it has to do with the guy who was the governor and oh, uh, he's, he's a, you know he's he's, he's he's the one that that wants to say that cannabis is the gateway drug to heroin so you know i, I just don't have very much to say about no that's the old guy that's Chris. that's Chris Chris, yeah right but Chris the new guy is the, the new guy is ready to rock yeah. and roll he, he is ready to go rock and roll and what's very interesting about his desire to rock and roll is there's been a lot of pushback from within the inner city and again it goes back to why do you think they would be pushing back in the inner city well they have a cash cow yeah they have a cash cow sure. because if, if, if you arrest a, a young guy who's driving a, a, a fancy car that may well be leased or whatever that car does not belong to him anymore yeah. and whatever he has does not belong to him anymore and yeah. uh Fortunately, you know, with our cannabis cards, we don't have to worry about that. But 99% of the uh, of the you know illegal trade here in New Jersey, at least, is is up for grabs, and uh, that's a big cash cap to wow. you know to, to small towns, especially in in the inner city, because they figure that if someone is going to be you know selling the stuff 
outside of the dispensary level, they're making a lot of money and they've got stuff. They've got stuff that can be that's worth something. Right. And I, I just have I have a real difficulty with that. I have a lot of anger towards that, actually, because this is a flower. This is a plant. This isn't something that's made with synthetic chemicals. And, <laughs> As the and, cops go and, rolling behind you. Yeah, I, I live right <laughs> on the main street. Actually, it was, a, it was an ambulance. But, oh, okay. it was just, but uh, you know, I. I um I wanted to do something, as I said, you know, as I keep going back to it, that was for healing and not for damage. And when I right. see Christy, you know, Chris Christie saying that, oh, cannabis is a gateway drug, I'm like, don't you remember high school, man? I remember him in high school. I, you know, I didn't go to public school. I went to private school, but he grew up in Livingston. I grew up in Morristown. They're right next to each other. I knew what he, I knew his friends in high school, and they were all smoking. I can't tell you what he wasn't doing or doing in high school, but I can tell you that it's nothing new. Yeah. And uh, and it just makes me really sick but, to see the pandering. It's just pandering. That's what but the is. propaganda also really came about in the 40s, 50s, and 60s of them. Oh, of course. Saying, you know, yeah. I mean, it was it was big time. I mean, you look back at all the stuff, even I mean, you know, we've all seen the videos. I mean, I remember being in school. I, I remember sitting down and having to watch the videos of drugs drugs. Are bad. And, and and as a parent now, I mean, for me, my conversation with my girls, well, my 16 year old is different than my conversation with my 13 year old. But, mm -hmm. you know, I tell her all the time, look, you're going to try it. Mm -hmm. I, I can sit here and tell you not to all day long, the same as I can tell you not to drink, but you're going to try it. The only thing that I ask is that you're responsible. If you're going to drink, you're going to do it in somebody's house. You're not going to be driving in a car. If you're going to smoke, you're going to be doing it in somebody's house. Do me a favor and give me the respect of, of just being responsible with it. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, the world exactly. I come with is, and is look, you never take a pill. There's no reason to take a pill. Don't ever, ever, ever use a needle. And there's no reason to put right. something up your nose. And, and, you know, my daughter's come home and she said, Hey dad, you know, uh, you know, I tried to smoke tonight. I, I just didn't mm -hmm. like it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So you didn't like it. You know, no yeah. big deal. Yeah, you no did big your deal. thing. And right. so try it again, you know, but uh, there's, it's just too scary. It's just too fucking. It, it is. And the, and the other problem that I see is I'm learning now, I read something, uh, was it in Vice magazine? I don't know. I'm not sure. But they were saying that, that, that cocaine, which is, a, which is Rick James said, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Um, they're putting fentanyl in it now. So oh, yeah. that's disgusting. I mean, I haven't, yes. done, I haven't been around cocaine people in, in, in decades, but I will say that they're not the most trustworthy as it is. Yeah. And then to enter into the world of, uh, of Chinese fentanyl. I mean, that's really scary stuff. Yeah. And it, and it makes you even more frightened for the, uh, for the open cannabis market, because outside of the dispensary system, how do you know what things are grown with? You don't know that it's organic. You don't know what they've used for fertilizer. You don't know. I mean, and then, and then on the other side of it is I, you know, I'm sure because you work in the liquor industry, read the uh, Mark Brown report every day. And they were talking about in the Mark Brown report how it's killing the uh, liquor sales in, in places that are uh, where cannabis is legal. The liquor sales have just dropped through the floor and they can't understand. I'm saying, come on, it's don't, don't be stupid. This is what the thing is. People don't want to get drunk anymore. They don't like the way it makes them feel. I mean, exactly. alcohol is part of our culture and certainly part of who we are, you know, it, what made us who we are today in the industry, but I will honestly say and always say that uh, that it's just not my favorite buzz. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I've gotten to a point that in my forty-six years of life, I now know what just I a baby. Do. You're ten years younger yeah, than I, I am. Know, I love I it. 
<laughs> I, I, I know what I drink, you know, yes. I know what, know what does not give me a hangover and, you know and I have kind of a method. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I drink goose and soda, you know, okay. and, and everybody's like, Oh, you're a chef. You should be trying this. Look, I love bourbon. I uh -huh. adore bourbon. I, I was just in Kansas city a couple of weeks ago. I sat down at this great little place, this tiny little, little mixology bar in the basement of a 120 year old building and mm -hmm. sat down and I had, I had a, 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 a mixologist make me a stunning cocktail. It was absolutely perfect. It was balanced. The flavor was beautiful. It was presented in the way that it should be. The atmosphere was awesome. It was an awesome cocktail. I had three of the same ones and mm -hmm. I loved it, but I woke up the next morning and because of the mixture of the sugar, the mixture the of the sugar. alcohol yeah. and everything else that was involved in it, I had a horrible headache. It's not I horrible. I hate that feeling. Yeah. And, and yeah. then I go out and I drink my goose and soda because I do, I, I do enjoy that initial feeling of a drink. I like that warmth going into my body of, a, of an alcohol. I yes. like the, you like the, that it's poison. That's what you like. We yeah. all like it because it's poisonous. It's deadly. It's deadly. <laughs> it's and deadly. it's so funny because it's how we make our money and it's, there's so uh -huh. much revenue from it that if, uh -huh. and if our government look, Colorado is right now saying you guys good. We have some extra. Anybody yes, else need a little bit of money? They're in the black. They're full blown, and they have. Yeah. You know, there was a great documentary done on a very nice young couple in uh, Breckenridge, mm -hmm. and they owned a medicinal <clears throat> uh, dispensary on the on Main Street in Breck. And their first day of that marijuana went recreational. Mm -hmm. They walked over to the tax office, and their taxes for that day were $48,000 from one store in one 12 hour period. It's amazing. You know, and then they were kicked off of main street, mm -hmm. you know, right. it's really kind right. of a fucked up situation that they were in. But, but I mean, you think about the monetary effects of it and everything that goes with it. And the fact that my, as my guy said to me, as I sat in his little, his little distribution center, shall we call it in LA, nobody's ever died from smoking weed, man. And they haven't. And they have, and and that one person that they said may have died from smoking cannabis didn't. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. so it's back to zero. It's back to zero. Well, Whereas I, ninety thousand people a year are die of alcohol yes. related instances. Ninety thousand. Well, and and fun, we we had, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago on the show about uh, about the uh, this is a little change of topic, but the 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 effects of Uber on drinking. Yes. Well, how much sales have increased and how much DUIs have gone down. And it's staggering. It's mm -hmm. shocking mm -hmm. the amount uh, that DUIs have gone down. Now, there's there's obviously a lot of your smaller, you know, cities and states and in the Midwest and stuff like that and lower income areas where people are just banging it out. They're getting in their car and they're, and they're driving home. But in your major cities and whatnot, it's completely dropped. I mean, I am an Uber fanatic. I do not drive in another city. I don't go anywhere in another city if, unless I'm in an Uber. I trust Uber with my – I trust Uber with my children. You know, I mean it's it's a it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. but, but look, you know, I mean it, it's alcohol alone. It's just bad. I know. And we, and, money and, and we make money off of it. And I can – you know, I continue to, to say and this is, this is as authentic as it gets with me. I would never be able to be here speaking to you. People listening to me, hopefully learning from me if it wasn't for the alcohol business. I happen to have a talent. 
I make no apologies about that. I love flavor. I was a trained chef and, you know, I was trained as a saucier. So flavors come easily to me. I know what things taste and layering, you know, making soups. So you don't put everything in one pot and hit boil. You add a little bit of this, you add a little bit of that, you take a little bit of that away, whatever it is. And I found that to be very effective in mixology because I knew and understood the balance of flavor. And that's why with cannabis cocktails, I took cannabis like we look at cocktail bitters. I used it as a bittering agent. I used it as a balance agent. I used it in shrubs. I used it in milk punches. I did it, you know, absinthe frappes with it. I did all sorts of things, Bloody Marys, all over the all over the road. All the different classic cocktails can be made even better and deeper with the sure. use of cannabis. What, how much time, how much time did you spend writing the book and getting it together? Oh man, Brian, I didn't have much time at all. And with all my books, uh, my publisher is more geared to like magazine writing than I would say, uh, you know, long form book writing. I had a month. I wrote it. No, are you kidding me? Yeah. Dude, this, cause for anybody, uh, look, I mean, I love it. One, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. Thank you. you know, I mean, just from from the cover and and the the the, the embossed label to or you know cover to it and and the pictures that are on the inside and the way that it's written and the stories and everything else. I mean, it's really a nice you know making tinctures with magical butter machine. If you're planning to make cannabis tinctures frequently, you might want to invest in magical butter machine. Yeah. there's a lot, and it even gives you a website. Like it's so informative for every part of it. It's just a great, it's a great book, man. Thank you. How's it, how's it coming along? I mean, where are you at this point? I'm in my fourth or fifth printing. Wow. Uh, It's sold out on Amazon right now. I would love people to buy it in their independent bookstores or Barnes and Noble if they can't get it on Amazon. But if they try it on Amazon, it's great for my metric because it shows that people are actually buying the book and it, and they are actually buying it. So that's a good thing. Um, I would think it w- I would like it to do better. Sure, I would like the book to do better. And especially here on the East coast, there's a lot of, uh, you know, as I said, social stigmas against it. So I'm going to try not to focus on the negatives and I'm going to try to focus on the positives well, and the positives are, that it's the only book on the market about the topic. It's taking something which, which can be difficult. I mean, there's, there's no one in, in your listening audience who hasn't, uh, taken a couple shots of tequila and decided through whatever reason to smoke a joint afterwards. And they've been sure. never, they've never been so sick in their life. This is not <laughs> like that. This is an, an infusion very much geared to the way that infusions were done pre 1906 in the, in the early apothecary and 1906 is the watershed here because we talk, call it the uh, pure food and drug act. Uh, it took uh, cocktails out of the pharmacies. So, you know, that's just basic history. But what I what I like to say is that the combination of the two is as old as time itself, because cannabis being a plant would have to be preserved and otherwise it would rot. And how do you preserve something either by heat or salt or best yet alcohol? Right. So it works very, very well. And it's a and, nice buzz. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, I mean, how, how, how are you, how can the, it's, you're ahead of the time. I'm definitely ahead of the time. And that's, that's scary. Part, and that's you know? really scary. So with that said, I'm being, I'm presenting at South by Southwest this year. It's coming oh, up. Well, uh, and are we, in have March. we, have we so, hold on for that for one second. I'm going to come yeah, right sure. back to that. Have we, have we had the conversation about NCB yet? No. 
Okay. So, so this is something I'm on the board. We're doing a whole bunch of stuff and it's been a major conversation. So as soon as I get off the, off of this with you, I'm going to do the introduction to the speaker with, with Jillian and, and with Kirsten to make sure that you're, cause, cause you need to be there. I mean, Thank it, you. No, it was a conversation that happened in April of last year. Your mm-hmm. name was brought up, but you know, I brought it up again about let's do it. And there was, and everybody kind of stopped and everybody kind of shied away for a second. Right. Right. They're kind not of, ready. Yeah, they're not ready. And then the conversation, everybody thought about it, and then it came back around again. So it's been back and forth, which is why nothing's really happened. But uh, but I'm going to make sure that that happens as soon as we're done because that introduction needs to go through because you, it's it's the largest nightclub and bar show in the world. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. A part of that because it is now a part of all of our lives, whether you're smoking it, whether you're, you're taking it. Look, my father just passed away of cancer. But guess what right. I found in his office when I went to we went to clean it out? I found right. three vape pens. Oh. You know, that's how my father was 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 oh. eating or sorry. doing stuff that it was. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, I just lost my mentor recently of cancer and he used cannabis up to about three weeks before his death. It's horrible. It's just, it's, it's, but he did because it helped him relax. It helped him eat. It helped him with his mental state. It helped him in his hospice. It helped him let go. Well, I use, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend has uh, had stage three, three B lung cancer, never a smoker as a non-smoker. And, you know, she uses a lot of CBD oils. She loses uses a lot of that. that. And well, the CBDs are, I mean, look, it's, it's the cannabinoids that are coming in. It's the, it's all that it's not the euphoric effect that you're getting. It's the medicinal angle of, and you know that more than anybody, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but, but it's, I mean, look, I use it on my knees at the end of the day. I use it on my hands when my hands get cramped. I use it on all that stuff. I mean, the med, the medical benefits of it are just, they're, they're, they're never ending Mm -hmm. the things that happen with it. So, so. but we also have to look very, very closely upon our industry, our alcohol industry, and the amount of subterfuge that's out there with these "quote unquote" hemp vodkas. Mm-hmm. That I, I've had so many opportunities. Companies have come to me and said, "Oh, would you like to be the voice of our brand?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not," <laughs> because it's a, it's a, it's a money grab. It's a baseless right. money grab. And unless you're going to say that your hemp has some health benefits, why are you using it? Because I come out of liquor and I understand that there are no ingredient labels on the on on the bottles and they're adding all sorts of things like caramel and sugar and artificial flavorings and colorings. And I want to protect the cannabis industry from that. Well, my daughter came home. I had come back from a food festival and there was a gentleman there who sells hemp honeys. Mm-hmm. And and he kept talking about it and talking about yeah, it. About the health benefits. And about the health going, benefits. Those people are going to jail now. You know that. Are they? They're they? going to jail because they're making false health statements. And I don't care what product it is. Unless it's been vetted by the FDA, you cannot say that it does anything. And I have a very personal relationship with this with this fact because my grandfather was in the patent pharmaceutical industry and he made snake oil, real snake oil. That was something that it was a slick article and it was sold in every single pharmacy in America, if not around the world. And really all the product was was ethyl alcohol, caramel coloring and flavorings. Now to that end, that says whiskey to me. Right. But what what was written on the label said Geritol. And Geritol <laughs> was made for someone for an affliction that no one had and they called it iron poor blood. No one has iron poor blood. And it just doesn't exist. And anyone who has 
an inkling of what iron poor blood is. It only really happens with women, and it's a very, very, very small metric. So uh, it's not that everyone in the world needs needs Geritol. They don't need it at all. So it's a very interesting thing, and that's what, what I learned when the FDA went after my grandfather. They, they you know, find him some obscene amount of money for saying that uh, the Geritol was going to make you have vim and vigor. The same thing with hemp. The same thing with hemp. And if they could find him in the 1960s over a million dollars, they're going to go after the mom and pop shops that are that are making, uh, you know, any sort of hemp uh, mm-hmm. CBD stuff and, that are saying. And I've been you know, reading in The Wall Street Journal about this and, and other great publications. They're saying that you cannot say that it has any health benefits because the minute right. that you say that it has health benefits, the FDA is going to be knocking at your door. Well, and it's, I mean, it's the same as the guys in the, you know, at the turn of the century, not of the century we're in now, but the one the, prior to. Right. The snake oil century. Yeah. Exactly. The and that's with these guys like go and, you know, you've got to do this and they're pulling into your, I'm sorry, they're pulling into your towns and I'm doing a cleanse, Warren. So I have so much water <laughs> in my body. I'm literally just burping underneath of everything. So, uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, I mean, and I looked at the guy and he's like, you've got to try this. You've got to try this. You've got to try this. It's wonderful. It does this. It does that. And I'm thinking, buddy, you're full of shit right now. And you are full blown a snake oil guy at this point. Uh, but, but I brought it home and my daughter automatically, oh my God, dad, what are you going to do with that hemp oil? What are you going to do with that hemp honey? Are you going to yeah. put it in? And I'm like, I'm not sure yet. I'm figuring out. She's like, well, uh, wait, you know, are, are we going to get high? And I'm like, okay, no. now we need to start the conversations. You know, now we need to have the conversations about that with what it does so so hemp is so explain hemp to everybody who doesn't know what hemp is uh it's an industrial material that's used in cosmetics uh clothing and <clears throat> cosmetics clothing and food right. but generally not uh you know people don't smoke it's made you know you use hemp to make uh sailboat ropes and right. i remember you know my family's yacht we were not unable to get hemp ropes for there was a, a large period of time that we couldn't get hemp ropes because as my step my late stepfather would say he would love one of those agents to take a piece of hemp rope put it in a pipe and smoke it because the only thing you're going to get is a headache right. hemp, Hemp has no psychoactive properties in it at all. It has no THC. It has no THCA. It's just hemp. Right. They make cement out of it. They make concrete out of it. They make cosmetics out of it. But to the best of my knowledge, there's nothing. No one should be making you know hemp anything that's edible. In, in well, you know in the in the in the liquor end because because they're selling selling a bill of goods essentially. And so I, I just have a difficulty with it. You know, like the uh, there's a company out in California that has a hemp vodka. And I'm not going to say the name because everyone knows it. But it has a, uh, a cannabis leaf, leaf on the label. And I think that's just wrong. I yes. really do. I think it's wrong. I think it's sending the wrong message. It's, it's sending a, a message not of responsible drinking, but it's sending a message of wanting to be just completely blasted, wanting to be inebriated. And I remember at the uh, at the Vegas bar show when that company was being represented and people were saying, oh, you know, this is incredible. It tastes like cannabis. It smells like cannabis. It looks like cannabis. And I was saying, no, it's all artificial. There's no cannabis in it. It's yep. hemp. It's hemp. Well- and, and so, so I, I just Googled hemp real quick, and uh, you're going to be as angry as I am that the first one, two, three, first things that come up are all food. They're all food. Yeah, well, it's Organic hemp protein, food. highest hemp quality right. hemp oil, it's, it's and then you go right to Amazon. Right. It's, it is absolutely used in food, and it is absolutely used in a lot of 
uh, applications. But my point is, it's never going to get you high, and that's the, the my difficulty. That's my difficulty it, it, because sure. no matter what you do to it, it's not going to be a recreational drug, and it's being framed as a recre. You know, the framework for it is as a recreational drug, and I just have a problem with that. And my problem is very, very personal. You can't say that something has health benefits if it doesn't have health benefits. It may well have health benefits, but right. until such time as it's vetted, you cannot say that it does. End of story. I'm just trying to make it easy for people. I'm not, not giving some major rocket science here. This is this is just, <laughs> this is basic fact. knowledge, basic yeah. facts that hemp is not going to get you high. Why are they selling it with alcohol? I have no idea. Greed is a great, great motivator. That's why. Because people see the leaf on the label, the name might be like Mary Jane's. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? That's Mary Jane's. You know, if, if it doesn't have cannabis, you know, if it doesn't have the stuff that makes you feel good in it, why are you calling it Mary Jane's? I, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and the whole thing about it is that it's, I mean, as, um, you know, kind of my, my research that I've done on it and, and, and gone through with a lot of that stuff, I mean, it, it's just a byproduct. It's a byproduct, sure. I, it makes great concrete, makes great sailboat ropes. I like, you know, the the you can you can fix a sailboat rope out at sea that's made of hemp very very quickly. One that's made with uh, synthetic, you have to light it on fire, and fire is never good on a sailboat when you're out at sea. Never, not at all. It's just not a good thing. So so all right. So how do we let's let's do this? So uh, how, where where can we get the book? You can get the book at uh, Amazon, Barnes okay. and Noble. Independent bookstores. We love independent bookstores because, to me, what they represent is readers as opposed to just viewers. Right. Um, they can buy it on Kindle. They can okay. buy. I think it's on the uh, i. You know, whatever iTunes, iBooks. iBooks. Uh, there's there's all sorts of electronic means uh, of getting it. I think that the price now on Amazon is below sixteen dollars, which is really good. It was twenty five. Um, when I bought it, I bought it right, the, day, bought the day after it, we right? talked. I got it that day. Um, so. And then I have another thing that we do. I have a local bookstore in near the town that I live in, Morristown. It's, it's Bernardsville, New Jersey. That's a bookstore called The Bookworm. And if you would like a signed celebrity chef, me, uh, you know, mixologist <laughs> signature on the inside of it, get in touch with The Bookworm in Bernardsville, New Jersey. They give me a call and The Bookworm will send it to you anywhere in the world. Oh, nice. Which is pretty nice. I, I've, I have readers all in Australia. I have readers in Russia. They've sent it all over the place. It's really cool. So, and then what's up for you? What's going on in the next couple of months before, uh, I mean, I'm just going to talk before Vegas because we're, we're going to okay. see in Vegas. So what's going um, on the next couple of months? Uh, next couple of months, I'm working up to my presentation at South by Southwest in March. Uh, which is a the confluence of media and music and performing arts all in one place, Austin, Texas, March. I'm going to be there speaking on March 13th. Uh, you know, I'd love to say that I'm an exciting, interesting person to be around, but ever since I lost my liquor job, I stopped being quite so exciting. <laughs> but, but I, I you know, I, I do book signings occasionally. I've got one coming up in Clinton, New Jersey. Uh, 
in a couple weeks, which is a, a great little bookstore. We're going to be drinking some Barrel Bourbon Whiskey, which is one of my favorite brands. And uh, just going to have some fun. You know, I'm, I'm keeping myself busy and I'm making a living. And I actually had to pay taxes last year, which means that I'm doing pretty well as an author. I, as a writer, right. I'm doing something right. It's a hard job. This yeah. is harder than working in a bank, which I did for 20 years, and I hated every single day of it. This is the <laughs> hardest. This is the hardest job I've ever had in my life. I have never worked harder. Um, May of 2009, I lost my corporate job. That was the last day I took a day off, and it was the last day I worked. Yep. Absolutely. I know that feeling. I know it way, way too well, my friend. Yep. Uh, I, I, I just opened a restaurant and sold it and I opened it and nine months later, sold it. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. Sold it just because it wasn't, it wasn't matching with what I needed, what I felt, what my spirit wanted, the way that everything was going. So yeah, you're, you're synergy. Yeah. And you would know that inside your heart. And that's exactly. why, that's why I said to someone the other day, you know, I don't do this because I have to do this. And I don't do this because it makes me a lot of money. I don't do this because I'm going to be rich and famous someday. I do it because I'm, I love it. Yeah. I do it because, because if you could see the smile on my face right now, you would know because it's shining through. And I, and I hope that, I'm getting, <laughs> that the takeaway in all this is we can that, feel it. that do what you love. Discover yeah. your passion. When you know that, you can do anything in life. You can do anything you want. You can even become president. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I have a uh, I have a, a little meme that I keep on my phone, and it's a, a just a little picture. And on the left hand side of the picture uh, is a picture of the universe, and it's mm -hmm. just a, a, a galaxy, and it's all out there, and everything is right there. And on the right hand side is a desk with papers all over, and it says, "Where we really put here to do this." To do this. Well, I was an executive secretary for twenty years, so I understand. I understand completely. And, and I was one of the few male ass executive assistants in the private bank that I worked in. I also worked in an insurance company. Guys just didn't weren't secretaries. But right. I found that it was the only that it was something that I could do and I could slip through life without really being noticed. <laughs> what a boring thing. Yeah. I like being noticed. I like being out in front of people. I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to share with what you know and, and teach others what you don't know and uh, and make it all work. And, I agree. And, and baffle them with bullshit when you have to. Because, my father, because that smile just shines right on through. My my father for years, he would always say, he, he said, uh, uh, what was his, his thing? He said, it's better to let people think that you're intelligent than to open your mouth and remove all doubt was yep. one of the things he said. But then this was a man who had three masters, who three master's degrees and a doctorate. Right, right. And, uh, and he always said, uh, we asked him for years, like, you know, Hey, why is the sky blue or whatever? And my father would have this wonderful, amazing, educated response in the whole nine yards. And then as we all got older, we were like, dad, where, where, where'd you get your information from? And he looked at mm -hmm. me and he's like, some of it, I just made up. Baffled them with bullshit. Yeah, That's it. You know, <laughs> some of, and, and this was a very educated man, but he said of some course. of it I just made up. It's the way it works. So that's the way it works. Well, um, we're lucky, so, you know, Brian. We're lucky for that. And I, I and even though your dad's not around anymore, we can still thank him for that. Yeah, he was a good man. He was a very, very good man. And, uh, you know, you, you don't realize the impact that he had on other people's lives because my father was an educator. My oh, father okay. was a teacher. He taught honors oh, okay. chemistry and physics for years. Wow. And then he was no dumbass. Director of special education for school districts. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to 
uh, I went to a regatta up up your way, actually, up to, near mm-hmm. Princeton. And, uh, uh, and and my buddy brings me over to this woman, and he said, this is so-and-so. This is who this regatta, her brother passed away. This is who this is named after. And she mm-hmm. looked at me, and she started to cry, and she said, your father was my teacher. Aww. And she said, and I adored your father. And hearing, and it was just one of those things. And listening to her tell stories of a man that that I knew as a guy who was a powerful being and, and somebody who, who who raised us and 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 took care of the family and the house and taught me the shit that I know. And mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of cool to see that. And I see it all the time. I'm lucky because he touched a lot of lives over 30 years of being in education. So that's great. But, uh, but it was cool. So yeah. Martin, one more time real quick, how can we get in touch with you? Uh, cocktailwhisperer.com. I have got a, a great little website there. It's not, you know, not as pretty as some, but it gives you everything that I'm doing pretty much in real time. We're really good about keeping uh, keeping that fresh. Um, Twitter at Warren Bobro with a number one. Uh, Facebook, I think it's W Bobro. Uh, Instagram, it's my name, Warren Bobro, without any numbers. Um, LinkedIn, of course, love that. Uh, that's I've become much a lot it, of, you know, I've been having a lot of fun on LinkedIn lately. I've met some, I, I've, yeah. I've had some good contacts with people. It's been nice. So yeah, it's nice, especially in the cannabis industry. LinkedIn is a very serious part of the, the world and I really enjoy it. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, Warren, thanks again, man, so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. I'm actually going to draft that email as soon as I finish this right now. I'll right, do an introduction between you guys. We can get this moving forward. I'm really excited about it. And everybody do me a favor and check out this book. I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even lying to you guys. It's just Cannabis Cocktails, Mocktails, and Tonics, The Art of Spirited Drinks and Buzzworthy Libations. Um, I, I love this book. It, it, it's just – look, it's – and it's like – it's a handheld. It's really not even that big. I mean it's like eight inches high. It's got – you know, and, and it's just – Packed with information yeah, on how seven, to make the stuff yeah. and how to how to how to release all the the oils and get it going and yeah, seventy five new recipes for craft cocktails using cannabis. I mean that's you know and some of them are mocktails, some of them are cocktails. They're all good. They all test. I test them all myself. I'm still living. It worked. <laughs> well, beautiful Warren. Thanks so much for everything and thanks for your time, brother. We look forward to talking to you soon. Brian, thanks so much. Be well. See Cheers. You, Warren Bobro. That's why, man. Uh, Bobro. Man, I keep getting his name wrong. Warren Bobro. Uh, I, see, I just like him. He's a quality individual, uh, very educated about what he does, very informative when you have conversations with him, and super, just super passionate about stuff. So um, everybody, seriously, check it out. I, I'm going to say it again. Cannabis, cocktails, mocktails, and tonics, the art of spirited drinks and buzzworthy libations. Um, he's just done a great job uh, with all of it. I love the transformation from you know that brand ambassador for a company into doing something that is – it's ahead of the curve, man. It's something that that is uh, – we don't talk about a lot. Um, it's something that uh, you know people are, are, are still doing the underings. The, the, the whispering is kind of underneath the things. It's the undertones and, and it's kind of fun to watch. And I've never I never imagined some of the people that I've met that actually smoke or that are big fans of cannabis. So, um, hey, we're going to wrap it up. Um, I, I've got a couple of people to thank, as I always do. So I definitely want to thank RadioInfluence.com, Jerry and Jason, for all their hard work and their help with putting all of this together. Um, we've got to thank Michelle out there at Techno Solutions, who takes care of our website and some of the graphic design stuff that we do, as well as please do me a favor and go and check out uh, Maggie Gagliardi, who does all of our illustrations. She spends time every single week, sometimes last minute, putting these things together. Um, 
And she's just a very talented woman. So go and check her out. She's got a bunch of great pieces out right now that she's kind of promoting and working through the country. Uh, check her out. It's Mags Art, M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. And uh, she's on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. So thank you guys so much. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, Chef Bride Duff. Same thing on Snapchat, which I'm still trying to figure out because you know what? It's not just boobs and dick pics anymore, boys and girls. It's actually a medium for us to communicate with each other. Uh, Everybody have some fun. Go and uh, Duffified Live. Share it. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Radio Influence brings you the absolute best in digital audio broadcasting. We've got something for everyone. Sports personalities like the fabulous sports babe, Rich Herrera, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy as they take you inside the dugout. We'll take you inside the world of MMA with the MMA Report with Jason Floyd, the MMA Insiders, and the Valor Hour with Tim Loy and Casey Oxidai. Or you could find yourself sitting ringside with wrestling ring announcer David Penzer. TV law enforcement analyst and former police officer Vincent Hill breaks down this week's biggest crime stories and takes you beyond the badge. Chef Brian Duffy from TV's Bar Rescue shares his crazy life on the road with Duffified Live. And Scott Ledger will always make you think with some dangerous conversation. All of Radio Influence's shows can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 